When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny Brothers and I'm here to look ahead to the Cobblers weekend game with crew Alexandra. I'll be joined in a little bit by Tim Robinson from the Railway Men podcast to talk all things crew. But first, to help me digest Tuesday night's win. That's a win over Mansfield on a Tuesday night. It's Charles Commons. How are you, Charles? Winning. Winning. Yes. Hello, mate. We won. We won. And we won well. As well, oh, more importantly. Lovely I'm cock-a-hoop, old time. Danny. I'm cock a oh, It was one of them that was, it wasn't like you're coming away from it overjoyed because we played dynamic football and you know, we've won four or five nil, but to get that much enjoyment out of a one nil from the just the guts of the determination and the, the circumstances around it with the injuries and stuff, you look at looked at the lineup thinking it's plugging gaps. It's still a like still a decent lineup, but I just thought this could be tricky tonight when I, when I looked at it and I thought I'm, I'm, I was kind of expecting us to get beat, if I was honest, looking at it and, and thinking we're plugging gaps here, there and everywhere. But the, the players just dug in and dug out a result and to do it against Mansfield as well makes it even better. Lovely yeah, I, I think I was like you. Before the game, it wasn't that I expected defeat I, or that I'd accepted it. I think I just kind of had set my expectation at a level of... We've got loads of injuries. We're not putting out our first 11. Uh, Obviously, I I didn't know that Mansfield also had so many issues Uh, injury-wise. But I I still didn't expect us to be as dominant. And I think it was... It made for a really enjoyable match. And and you've got to give some credit to Mansfield for that because, okay, they were forced into, you know, maybe square pegs in round holes themselves. Um, you know, Jordan Barry, <laughs> left wing back, anyone? Yeah, uh, keep Cole special, that was. It was, wasn't it? Absolutely beautiful. Um, but yeah, two strikers, both at wing back. It was, it, it was... It made for a really, really entertaining and open game, especially in the first half. And it was just a, a really good spectacle, completely different to what we've seen at Sixfields for the last, what, three, four, five home games where the opposition have basically sat back and said, break us down. If you can break mm-hmm. us down, then fine. But uh, if not, we're going to hit you on the break and, and try and score ourselves. Whereas that that didn't really happen until the second half. And then it was... The other way around, the cobblers sat back and went, you try and break us down and we'll hit you on the break. Mm. 
it was a really, really good game from a cobbler's perspective. I appreciate Mansfield fans not very happy and uh, a lot of them being typical football fans, sour grapes and all. You weren't actually very good. You were rubbish and we were just worse. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, if that's the way you've seen it, that's fine. But I thought we were very, very good and, and certainly good value for our for our three points. Yeah, I think like if you're an opposition fan in that situation, you're looking at it and you don't necessarily see how hard we're working because you're not concentrating on us as much. Mm-hmm. I think as, as an away fan, you think, oh, you didn't really do a lot. But for us as Cobblers fans, we're watching out for every little thing. We, I mean, Will Hondemark, oh, oh, came of age yesterday. I mean, it's taken him a little bit of time to get up to speed, but even I didn't think he'd be up to speed this quickly. Tremendous When we, when we first talked about him, John Brady said ideally is for the future, but I think cir- circumstances have dictated that he's got, got him in now and he's had to play him but he's he was just an absolute man mountain yesterday like that, come in and did exactly what Sean McWilliams does that and, run oh, that run that oh. he went on oh oh it deserved so much more oh, but beautiful. yeah it it was really really good he was great I thought uh, I thought Apare was fantastic oh super that goal the other goal the the penalty the incident penalty to, Sowerby's oh. ball Apparate going ball, round but... the keeper, and I, I just thought, "Wow, that!" But it's Apparate. It was Apparate winning it back in the first place. Yeah, wasn't actually, it? And, yeah, because he gave it, it back was it, to Salby. Yeah, was it him that gave it? Did he give it away and then go and get the ball back? I can't. Got it was back. That like, a different... chase, yeah, I think he chased it back. He yeah. nicked it to Salby and then went to to have the the gumption about him to go and get on the end of it as well. That's the desire and the determination you need. And he's he's done it for a lot of the season, but he just seemed to be he seems to be back on it at the minute, Apparate. I still think penalty. that there are that he that he has fits and spurts of of goodness, if you like. L- listening mm. to the commentary last night, Luke Graham was complimentary of him, but he also said, and I think he, he the way he put it was that he feels like he's probably played too often, too many times this season because of circumstances. But actually, you know, be, he would have liked to have seen Apare maybe rested a few more times because he he'll, he'll have a run of games. Get you know, not do particularly well. Get dropped, then come back into the team and have a storming game. So he then starts the next few, but gradually performance dips and drops off. But then gets dropped again. The cycle restarts. I think was what Luke Graham was saying. I kind of agree with that. I don't think it's necessarily that his performance level drops off. I think that he works himself into the ground. That lad. He, mm. he runs his absolute mm. socks off. And I and I think that, you know, in the past where he has gone off or where he's not played, we've missed him because we've not had that focal point, that presence up the top to really keep charging down on the opposition's defenders. Whereas mm. against Mansfield, he oh, runs himself did. into the ground <laughs> and on comes Kira Bowen oh. just to go, come on then. I'm gonna take that mantle. I'll take that mantle for you, Louis. Oh, I mean Bowie, Bowie, just incredible to come back from injury and to be this. He's almost come back better than he was before. He just seems to have more, Mm. more about him that he's gonna dig in and it's not just got the pace. He's got the yeah, the tenacity to to battle. He's got the shithousery with players. He's that cheeky little pump fist to the crowd when he won a free kick, was it, in the second yeah. half. He's mm-hmm. just endears himself so much to the to the fans that we've missed him so much. And yeah. if we've got Apare for an hour and um, Bowie for half an hour to, to do exactly the same job, but if we can get them both in the team at some point, 
that, I mean, that's just monstrous as well. And like, he's come back just at the right time when we've been bemoaning all these injuries. Actually, for Bowie to come back and and to give us that boost, it just lifts everyone, doesn't it? And oh, it was just an absolute joy to watch yesterday. He was um, superb. And I mean, on. so good. The, I mean, a very very quick word on this, but you know, he is incredibly lucky as well. He, oh, jeez. Yeah. He he has every right to be sat there with essentially one and a half legs today. Because yeah. the tackle was just ridiculous. It, it was abhorrent. It really mm. was. It was a horrible, horrible challenge. Quinn needs to really take a look at himself because that is I get it. It's red rag to a boy. He's he's annoyed. You know, they will have felt like they've not really got anything from the ref or from us that game up until that point. Uh <sighs> I don't know whether Bowie does foul him. I know it doesn't give get given as a foul, obviously, but I don't think it was a foul person. I thought it was just Bowie was stronger, yeah. um, in you know, in in his upper body strength. <laughs> but to to lose his rag in the way that he did, and then to go at Bowie the way that he did, I I just <sighs> yeah, it's it's potentially career ending. That tackle, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's the it's the same player who, who um, almost knocked out McWilliams, and he didn't get punished in the playoffs as well, didn't he? Same player. Um, yeah. You remember that middle of the pitch incident where he's just yeah. took him out. I, I, don't, and, I don't know what it is. I, I know that there were there was one person on Twitter saying that the EFLFA, whoever it is, should be looking at that and looking to give a, a larger ban than the three matches that he'll get. Um, I, I'm not saying that, but. I, I kind of get it. I, I look at that and it's not as though that isn't a, what I would say, that's not an in-game tackle. Does that make sense? Like he's, it's not, it's not, he's a gone to it's not cause mid-time. damage. Yeah. It's not mistimed. It's not no. an accident. It's not no. anything like that, which you could defend if it's, you know, full blooded and is going to win the ball. He's yeah. literally, you can his see intent. it in his face that he's intent to go and go and take him out. It's, it's a joke. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, I, I I think you know, credit to the referee. I think on two counts. First of all, he booked their player very very early on in, in the game. He did, so yeah. It, yeah. It was the now in fairness, it was one of those where where we were on the break, wasn't it? And he and it was a professional foul essentially. You see. Man City do it all the flaming time and it annoys me in the Premier League, but I get it. <laughs> but it, it's a yellow card offence and he got given the yellow card. Now, plenty of other referees, I think, would have let it go because it was so early on, but he didn't. He was straight out, yellow card. These are the rules. You stick to them. And I think that suppressed, you know, the the the, the horrible bitterness that you can get at times when a referee doesn't stamp their authority. I'm not mm. talking about the referee trying to be you know, the person that people have gone to watch. I just mean that they're saying, no, I'm not taking any shit. Mm. We are going to play a game of football here, but you're going to play it within the rules. Thank you very much. And it did, I thought, calm it down. So that was the first thing. He was right. He made the right decision in booking Pim and not sending him off for the penalty. Um, And then he was there straight away and the red card was already out. There was a huge melee, a huge you know, pushing and shoving handbags match going on right in the in the dugout area. Um, and, and the referee was just there with his red card. Mm. There, there and then. There was no like, I'm going to let this play out and see what happens with it and then give a red card. It was just like, no, I'm sending him off. Everybody could see he's being set. And I think 
that his actions there saved more players from getting sent off. Yeah, because, yeah, definitely. Nigel Clough as well, pulling him away, and yeah. he did a good job in getting 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 him down the tunnel and stuff because he knew, didn't he? It's, it's not going to. You can't argue about no. against it. It's, and he, he did well to pull him away, and so it could have been a massive, it's a proper melee, wasn't it? it was, I mean, John Brady's getting involved. I think Collins is Colin pulled John back at the end. But, I think uh, Colin oh, was. <laughs> it was really really funny because if you watch it. Colin Calderwood kind of comes in like the, the like the old head. Yeah, <laughs> everyone everybody's losing theirs, and there's Colin Calderwood just basically just going, just going. All right, everybody. Yeah, calm down. <laughs> it's been dealt with. It's sorted. It's all. It's all going to be okay. We're going to be fine. The thing is, I, I saw on Twitter from a Mansfield fan. I think it was one of the the guys that does the Mansfield Matters podcast, um, not one that we know in Craig or Clive, but. Anyway, they, they were saying something along the lines of that Brady should have been, you know, yellow carded a second time and sent off because of his actions during that melee. Now, the actions I think he was referring to was the shouting that John Brady did towards Quinn as he goes down the tunnel. Hmm. John Brady is a man that clearly wears his heart on his sleeve and, you know, gave his peace essentially, didn't he, to Stephen Quinn, which which is quite right. If you ask me, you know, he deserves yeah. to be told that he's reckless and that he could have done a lot more damage than he did. And that, that you know, Bowie is incredibly lucky to have been jumping at the time to make sure he wasn't, you know, stood on the ground and, mm. uh, you know, potentially, as I said before, uh, you know, having one leg in, in half, essentially. So I, I get that there's frustration I don't think particularly it was it was incredibly well handled by everybody that's there, but it's a it's an instant reaction. It's human nature, right? Mm-hmm. John Brady by this by this commentator, let's call him on Twitter, was called an embarrassment. Well, you try watching one of your players basically yeah. nearly have their leg broken and then see how yeah. you react. Yeah, uh, that, it, that's, yeah, yeah. You can tell how how close Brady is to the players as well, especially the young, younger players that he's, that he's helping to come. You can tell he's got that relationship with him and it, that's that's probably part of the reaction as well, that he's so loyal to his players and he's so like to, you know, to a fault sometimes. Yeah. But he's he's got that bond with them that, you know, if somebody does something like that, he's, of course he's going to kick off a bit. And yeah. you know, maybe on another day, if the referee sees him doing it, he probably does get second yellow card. But he's, I mean, it's... Yeah, you, know, you can't argue with it, really. What he, no, his yeah. reaction, can you? It's, no, um, no, not at all. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, going back to it, kudos to the referee. I think he, he, he you know, there was a, there was a little spell that I I thought, oh, what's going on here? I think it was the start of the second half. He made some questionable decisions to me, but I, I think he's probably one of the best referees that we've actually had at mm-hmm. Sixfields this season in League Two. And we do so it's much... Not, not high bar. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that. But I think we, we do so many times, we talk about how poor the refereeing has been, especially recently. I think it's only right that we, you know, give credit where I, I think it's due. Because, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I know that they're only human and they're just doing a job that is difficult because they've got two sets of fans, you know, arguing with decisions, two sets of players calling for everything and anything all all at the same time you know it's a it's a pressurized environment it's a it's a difficult job for them to do so mm. i just want to you know raise that point yeah. um but you know three points danny three points and three lovely points i don't know i don't know about you but um i can't help but 
look up at the table. And... <laughs> We're there again. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Stephen is. Steve and Carlisle play each other on Saturday. Yeah. As well, we've got. What, and Carlisle we've got to play point. both of them as well. And That's we've got to play both thing. of them. Yeah. Yeah. You big know, games. That that could be a case of you know we'd have potentially potentially you know we can be what four points up on what we are now to them to both of them. You know, if they both mm. if they, if they draw at the weekend and then we beat both of them, then we'll have gained four points, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, I think it's 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 good to be looking up because I think now Mansfield have been kept at bay. They're in eighth. They've got two games none, but even if they win them both, they won't get near us. Uh, like and uh, you know, Sutton lost last night, even if you look down to them, we're seven clear of seventh Salford. We can, I think, afford to start looking up now. And I think for me it's can we replicate that again on Saturday, that amount of effort, that amount of energy that we put into the game that's my one concern i think going into saturday is that we put put in so much that you know maybe we might need to freshen it up a little bit if we can um, i i think because I, I i get what you're saying completely the problem is is whether we're going to have the actual numbers back to be able yeah. to do it but the one thing that i think i'd like to potentially see is and i don't know how this necessarily would work if indeed it it it, it would but I wonder whether we could swap Shering and Dyche in terms of the sides that they're playing. I wonder if Shering being on the left rather than Dyche might just make Dyche feel a bit more comfortable because he is so right-footed. Mm-hmm. And there were times heart-in-mouth moments with, with Dyche on yeah. Tuesday night. Um, but I'm I'm not, you know, there was talk on the Slack, wasn't there? Some people going, dare I say it, is Dyche not actually as good as what we were all hoping for? Um, and I think one thing that was being forgotten with that was that he was playing on the wrong side for him. So while mistakes happen, and a couple of them were were definitely like, oops, don't do that moments, the vast majority of the time, I think it was just simply caused by the fact that he's out of position. So I wonder whether, could Sharing potentially play on the left of Guthrie? Or do we shift? you know, sharing and Guthrie over to put Dyche on the right hand side of that three. Mm. And then we, actually, we might there. even we might even change it a little bit to a four again just to potentially to again. But yeah. I d I don't know though, you see, because I think you can't drop Harvey Lintart now. I mean I mean no, no, said I mean, that, John Brady will. But <laughs> just to no, spite me. It's got no it's not no fullbacks, he can't. Yeah, um, this is it. So you just like you, you can't drop Harvey Lintart. I don't think you can drop Haynes. So I mean, no, are I mean, you I saying wonder. then drop Dyche and put Haynes at left back in a four four two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, or four two three one, whatever. But yeah, I, I, I do wonder whether that's that's an option as well, especially a different kind of team that crew are gonna crew gonna bring. Mm, true, uh, but we'll see. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be an interesting game, which I'm sure it is. Gonna... You just want us to follow it up now because we've had win draw, win draw. We we need to follow it up with a win as well, just to get and that will feel like if we've won that. On Saturday, that'll feel like we're right back in the hunt again because yeah. Stevenage play Carlisle. Someone's going to drop points. They might both drop points. Who knows? And um, that'll take us back into the top three a little bit and just start putting the pressure on them a little bit. They've, they've both got a game in hand on us, but it just that psychological edge again. And um, just notice today, nine nine points off Leighton Orient. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where you were going with that. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what? what's, what's, what's he seen? What's he noticed Not much. Nine Not points. Not much, is it? Three games, three wins. That's all three it takes. Wins. So what, how many games have you got left? Ten? Yeah, ten games left. They've got 11, yeah. 
Okay, so, so it's doable. It's still there. <laughs> Champion! Champion. <laughs> you imagine after all that. Um, yes, but there we go. Um, Mitch Pennock might be back on Saturday as well. So congratulations to Mitch Pinnock and Megan as well. Um, the arrival of Roma. Pinnock. Pinnock delivers again. Okay. So he might be back in the mix. But yeah, what a Mitch. Oh dear. Mitch and old. I've, I've now got him. Got images of him in scrubs. <laughs> delivering the baby. What with Turk and um, Carlo and. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize. I thought, where's he going with this reference? But yes, I've got it now. Good. Yes. Well done, Pins. Well done. Congratulations. Um, Charles, work. thank you. You're uh, disappearing now. I'm disappearing now. Yes, I'm yeah. running away. Yeah. Um, Is it because you don't like Tim? I hate him. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. No, uh, I, I just, I just simply cannot bear the thought of turning my attention to Saturday just yet. I'm, I'm still in the glow of the three points from Mansell. Thanks very much, Stags. Thank Cheers you for that. Thank you, Charles. Um, we're going to take a quick break now, and we'll be back in a minute with Tim. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Welcome back. Let's bring in our guest now then. Uh, please welcome back to the preview show from the Railway Men podcast, Tim Robinson. How are you doing, Tim? Yeah, I'm very well. Thanks, Danny. Uh, cheers for having me. How are you? Good. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Contrasting midweeks for both of us this week. We've just been celebrating with Charles after a pretty mad old 1-0 win. Uh, doesn't tell the whole story of it, as we just discussed. You've had a a narrow defeat of your own. You couldn't really do us a favour last night by, um, by beating Stevenage like we hope you would. Um, first defeat in eight, though, that was against Stevenage. So, bit of a decent run you've been on. Mad old 4-3 win against Salford last Friday. Um, fair to say the season in general has been a bit of a rebuilding job for you um, after last season. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that's fair. Um, last season was a complete disaster. Um we really didn't know what to expect this season. I think um, pre-season predictions would have ranged from, you know, bottom three or four to maybe the more optimistic might have been thinking, you know, top half. Um, I suspect most people would have had us pretty much where we are, um, you know, middle middle of the bottom half or, or somewhere close by. Um, I think the main priority was to kind of to stop the rot um, and we've spent most of this season trying to set up to be hard to beat as a result. Um, 
And yeah, you, you, you're right. Um, that was the, the first defeat in eight. Although I think six of those were draws. Um, and I think the, um, the the defining characteristic of of, of this run, um, the sulphur game apart, has been it's been it's been fairly drab. Um, a lot of draws, a lot of very tight margin games, not a lot of goal mouth action. Um, and, and you know the, the Stevenage game on Tuesday was exactly like that. You know they scored from a from a late deflected goal, and it really didn't look like either side were likely to score for for, for most of the game. Um, and yeah, the um, the Sulphur game that the weekend before the four three game at, at Crew was really the exception that proved that rule because that was uh, that was very far from being uh, being a drab encounter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit out of sorts from what what you usually been going through this season um but i mean it was we were we were happy with it but it was it just seemed to be one of those where you're in mid-table you're, you're not going up you're not going down you need them games like you need the games like that to keep you going that that kind of moment and because salford were the goalkeeper got up to the halfway line didn't he and started jumping all over the players when they scored their their what they thought was a winner at three two so for you to go on and turn it around and win four three was pretty funny i thought yeah i think um the fact that the, they did kind of over-celebrate going 3-2 up with, uh, with five or ten minutes to go, um, like, like they'd won it, um, it made it all the, all the sweeter, really, when we, we came back and got those two late goals. And, you know, it, especially against Salford, because, um, you know, they do feel a little bit plastic. Um, you know, I don't think anyone really kind of likes the, likes the model. I would say Salford are probably the complete opposite of us as a, as a kind of club, as an ethos. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it was a, it it was quite pleasant to to get that win, and um, yeah, you're right. It, it it obviously did you guys a favour as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it did it helped us to kind of keep clear. And whenever Salford lose, I don't really want them in the playoffs. To be fair, just like you say, it's not the type of team that you want to be doing well, is it? <laughs> you look at it. Um, Stevenage like on the on Tuesday night. What, what did you make of their winner? Because Tariq Workway was down injured. He's sitting down. Stayed sitting down while they were attacking. Did you have any controversy there? I think, or was it just um, you just placed the whistle kind of jolly? Yeah, I mean, if, if there is any con- controversy, I, th- I think it's probably more that your own player has to maybe be, be a little bit smarter, and um, you know, um, if he is going to go down, make make sure it's a little bit higher up, up the pitch. Um, you know, they're, they're under no obligation to stop the game, are they? For if if it's not a head injury. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's one of it's one of those things. Um, I think there was more um, the fact that it was a deflected strike that kind of ricocheted right into the bottom corner where the keeper couldn't get it. Um, you just kind of um, one of them where you look to the sky and think you jammy so and sos. But yeah, no, no real no real controversy about the player being down on the on the deck. I just it's, it's one of those things. Mm. It, I guess if it had been in our own you know six yard box and he was playing him on side there, but it was it was midway inside our half, so it shouldn't really have caused any problems. Yeah, was, um, let's go back to earlier this season then. Alex Morris uh, leaving the role in November after a long winless run. I think that's compassionate um, reasons, wasn't it? Um, why you stepped back a little bit, moved back to being assistant. Lee Bell then comes in. How did that kind of affect your season in the, the early doors of it? Because um, I mean, Morris wasn't—he wasn't pulling many trees, but he wasn't exactly sort of doing too badly, from what I could tell. Is it? Did it? Did it have any major impact on your season? Do you think? 
we we started the season very well with two wins. Mm. Although looking back now, it was uh, Rochdale and Harrogate we played the first two games, so we maybe got a little bit of a uh, <laughs> a false sense of uh, how the, the level of quality of this division because they've turned out to be two of the the poorer teams in the in the division. Um, so we started with two wins. Um, we thought we were going to go uh, storming up the table. And then the form really tailed off. Um, by the time Alex Morris stepped down, we were playing. I mean, it's been it's been pretty drab stuff all season, as I said. But you know, um, we weren't blooding many of our academy players. The style of football was terrible, um, and we weren't getting results, which is a which is a an appalling trifecta, really, for for a crew fan. Um, so I kind of think you know if he. If he hadn't have stepped down at that stage, I think it might have got a little bit ugly. Fans were starting to, especially you know, in the in the context of um, you know the season before where Dave Artell had left. You know, we got relegated. We we were bottom by miles by the end of the season. Um, it 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 was just starting to get a bit ugly, a bit nasty. Um, you know, you could argue that. Um, the assistant manager and the manager effectively swapping jobs isn't that much of a change. And and to be honest as well, not a huge amount has really changed. But um, I think it was, a, you know, enough of a change just to kind of quieten things down a little bit. Mm. Did, did that kind of calm the fans down a little bit then? Just by that one simple swap? Because as you say, Bell was assistant, they then effectively swap. Um did, did fan base did the fan base kind of see more in Bell? In what in what were kind of the reasons as to as to why you were a little bit calmer after that? Because it, it does seem like a like they're part well, of the same team almost. Yeah, and and they are. I don't I don't think the change in itself would have been enough. But I think you know results did pick up slightly as well. Um, so you know since since the turn of the year, so what are we now? Sort of mid March. We've had one appalling game where we got beaten three 0 by Grimsby. We've lost to Stevenage and Leighton Orient, who are you know two of the teams that are right up there. And other than that, we've been unbeaten. Mm-hmm. So you know results have kind of picked up slightly. Um, the, the other thing, of course, is to say that Lee Bell is was a, unlike Alex Morris, who was a player, but I don't think he ever played for the first team. He got injured and went into coaching very very young. Lee Bell was a you know he, he was a crew player. He came through our academy. Um, he, he he played a couple of hundred times for the club amongst um, some spells elsewhere. Um, so I guess that maybe gives him a little bit of um, a little bit of kudos with the fans as well that we you know we knew he was a um, an all action, very determined player. So you you maybe he maybe got a little bit of um, um, a, a little bit of goodwill just on on the back of that that Alex Morris didn't have. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the main the main thing was that results started to pick up a little bit, mm. even though the style of play hasn't really changed that much. It's it's still fairly drab. Um, but yeah, um, I, ju- I just think it, you know it, something needed to change, and something did change. And even though it was a a small change from the outside, I think it was enough to probably satisfy the the most uh, up, angry of the fans. Mm. Yeah, it was it was in interim charge for a little bit, wasn't it? The first month, won two games, beat Colchester, beat Swindon, and then obviously, as happens every time <laughs> this sort of thing happens, signs a contract to become permanent manager, loses three in a row. Um, but since the since the new year, like you said, it's really picked up. 
good some good solid wins but mainly sort of a lot of draws going in which you kind of can see in two ways can't you when you've got you've got like eight four eight draws in 14 i think 15 maybe uh, 15, uh, 15 draws sorry in all 35 games I mean, you could see it as a good thing. You could see like, oh, you're you're almost there. You're, you're almost winning games. You turn some of them draws into wins, and you're you're shooting at the table into the top half. Or you could see it as a negative, thinking, you know, we're not doing quite good enough. How do you see things in that sense? I just think we, we've got we've got enough of a um, enough of a gap over the, the teams at the bottom now that um, the draws aren't too bad, um, especially against some of the teams we've we've played recently. You know, you. Walsalls and 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 teams like that who were kind of you know solid top half teams, um, you know, um, Sutton United away as well. You know, get, getting points, um, going to places like that when you're um, you're in the bottom half, you kind of you see those as uh, as decent results. Mm. Yeah, so do kind of a, a building job at the minute. You I mean where are the fan base in terms of expectation wise? You're just kind of seeing out this season now and just hoping for just to finish as high as you can? Are you, are you just looking to to bed new players in? Where, whereabouts are you at the minute? We've got a number of very, very highly rated um, academy players that are sort of 17 and 18 and on the, on the fringes of the team. Um, and the, they're probably not quite old enough, experienced enough, mature enough to influence um, results on, on a week-by-week basis. And whilst the priority has been staying in the division, which I think it, it has been for the for, for the largest part of this season, um, I, de- I don't think we really expected any of those those kids to feature that much. I think now we're pretty much safe, although obviously not not mathematically yet. But you know we're not too too far away from the sort of normal points margin that you'd expect would keep you in the division. I think. What we're looking for between now and the end of the season is for some of those guys to play a bit more. Um, so Joel Tabern is, I think he's probably started the last six or seven games. Um, we've but we've got uh, Mattis Holicek. Um, you know Zach Williams is injured at the moment. Um, he's he's one that has played a, a, li- a little bit more. Um, and then there's a couple of midfielders, Charlie Finney and Owen Lunt. Um, and I'd, I'd expect we'll probably see some or all of them before the end of the season. Now that safety is, you know, virtually assured, um, and I think it's just a case of you know seeing seeing what they can do in the first team. It's just always whenever I speak to you or any of the crew fans on the preview show, it's just constantly like rolling names off time and again. I mean, we're lucky to have two or three maybe coming through within four or five years. Um, it just seems to be a constant churn through of of youth players it's still the place to go after all these years it's still the place that's renowned for bringing youth players through is it is there any part of you that kind of wishes that you just keep hold of them and just make a charge up to the championship at some point or is it are you kind of accepting as that as a fan base that this is just who you are yeah and I, I mean when we got promoted a couple of years back we we did have a, a bunch of young academy prospects that had sort of been in the team for three or four years altogether. Um, and you, you did kind of think, you know, if you can keep hold of Perry and G and Harry Pickering and Ryan Wintle and people like that, um, there's there's every chance that we could be at the top end of League One or, you know, challenging the, to get into the championship. But I just kind of think, you know, what, a club of our size, it's 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 unrealistic to kind of think that you can stand in, in the way of players' careers, you know. 
I would imagine our top earners on is is on less than a couple of grand a week, um, and most of those players when they move on to high end League One clubs or Championship clubs will probably kind of quadruple uh, their wages, if not more. So um, yeah, it would be lovely to to really make a go of it and um, and 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 keep one of these teams together. I think that the the, the sort of perfect scenario would be, you know, maybe just selling one player a year. Mm. Um, you know, at the end of the our first season in, in League One under Artel, we sold, I think, five or six players, um, which is really why, why we struggled last year and got relegated. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty aware of our... Um, are kind of um, a rung on the ladder. I think we, you know, we know we know what sort of um, size club we are, and I, I just think it's it, especially where you've got um, you know teams that have got parachute payments from being in the Premier League and you know huge squads. I just think we, you know, we're, we're never going to be able to to compete with that. So the best we can really do is kind of like bathe in the reflected glory of um, you know our old players moving on and, and doing well at a higher level. Mm. Uh, speaking of uh, some of your the current players, then they're a little bit more experienced. Dan Aji at uh, twelve goals this season, signing last year. Um, never really prolific until this season, but it's still a really really good return this year. Uh, six in his last eight games, but out of contract in the summer. I think I saw that you're in talks with him to to try and hold on to him. Pretty confident of like keep, keeping hold of him. Uh, I honestly don't know. Um... I imagine the fact that he has been um, scoring a few goals lately, and you know, um, the fact that he is out of contract, I, I imagine that he'll um, his, his agent will be sort of uh, shopping around to see what other clubs are interested. I mean, look, we've I think we went through a whole almost six months without scoring more than one goal in a game um, during this season, so. Um, whether that sort of and you know Dan Aji's been ever present during that during that spell. Whether that's enough to um, want people to you know want for clubs to be falling over themselves to to try and sign him is uh, is um, um, you know I I kind of think with Aji he's um, he's a very good player. He does score some very good goals, um, but he he very very often makes the wrong decision. Um, it, if he could con- you know continue to sort of play week in, week out, and improve that side of his game, he's got the potential to play regularly in the championship for someone. So, look, he, he, he may get um, a really good offer financially from a, from a, from a high-end League One team. Um, whether that's the best thing for his career in the long term, if he's not going to play week in, week out, is another thing. So, I'd kind of be hopeful that um, the... The benefits of staying at Crew, other than other than the financial ones, which you would you would say aren't, <laughs> it, it wouldn't be that attractive. I think the you know the the benefit of staying at Crew is you're going to play, um, you're going to develop, you're going to continue to improve, and you know when you do come to make a move in a couple of years further down the line, rather than going to a top end League One club, you might end up in the Championship. Mm. Um, whether it plays out that way is different because you know these guys have all got families and you know mouths to feed, and it's a very very short career. Mm. Yeah, it's so, um, obviously twenty five now, isn't it? So, still plenty of time to to develop and come on. He just seems to be one of these players. Who, when he gets the ball, you're just going to be terrified of him, <laughs> from what I can tell. 
Yeah, I mean, he is. He's, he's, he's quick. He's athletic. I kind of think he's, he's he's never really been first choice for anyone before this season. So, um, you know, if if he can get you know a couple more seasons where he plays week in week out, then he could he could be a really good player. But he, he is because he's he's only ever really been a sub up until this point of his career. Um, every club he's, he's been at, I don't think he's ever, you know, he, he's not really fulfilled his potential. Um, but, you know, th- there's a player in there, definitely. So, mm. Another one I saw in the summer sign for you, I was really impressed with the signing, Courtney Baker-Richardson. Obviously scored twice against us in, in the league earlier in the season, made a really good start. He seems to have the crew look about him without having come through your academy. He just seems to have everything that you develop in players ready-made. And then, yeah, another... Seems to have had a decent season. Um, has he lived up to his billing for you? He's been brilliant. Yeah, the the issue is that he's he, he's he's been out for about three months, four months with um, I think it was a ripped groin or ripped thigh muscle. Um, he's, he's he's literally just come back. He's he's come off the bench twice in our last couple of games. Um, he, he's a he's a brilliant hold up player, brilliant target man. He's, he's he scores some good goals this season as well. Um, it'd be really, really interesting if we can get him and Adji on the pitch together mm. um, for the rest of the season, see what they can do. Um, yeah, well, I, I think if he'd have been fit all season, he'd probably have been Cruz Player of the Year, and we've we've definitely missed him. Mm. Um, actually, along along with Chris Long, um, yeah, they, they were probably our two kind of marquee strikers at the start of the season, and we've uh, we've barely had either of them on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see the one I was going to come on to next with a couple of ex-cobblers in the squad. Long, I mean, he seems he seems like he would have done well in League Two. He's just got that work rate and everything just to get you up the pitch. And he's something different. He's got that bit of experience. But he's done his ankle, I think, wasn't it, at the start of the season. Um, is he anywhere near coming back at the minute? Or is it just going to be a next season job for him now? Uh, well, he's out of contract at the end of the season as well. And the noises that are kind of coming out of both club and the little we've heard from him, I don't think we'd, we'll expect to see him in a cruise shirt again. Right. Yeah, is that literally just because he wants something new or just, he's, it's just that. Well, I think the... it, it, in his absence now, we've got, um, we've got Adji, we've got, <laughs> we've got Baker Richardson, we signed Elliot Nevert from mm-hmm. Tranmere. So we've kind of got three senior strikers, which is a lot for us. Um, we don't normally carry that many in the, in the first team, you know, we were all probably on decent money and would probably be expected to play in week in, week out for a League Two team. So I kind of I kind of think, you know, even if even if Long regains fitness, I just I don't really see a place for him. Yeah. Uh, concrete Rod, Rod McDonald's still there as well. Um probably not is is he still suspended at the weekend? I think after his yeah, I think... Kung Fu kick against Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> the, the first time I've ever laughed my head off at a crew player getting sent off. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that'll be the third game of his three-game right. ban for that, which I think yeah. will be you know, serious foul play. Yeah, um, yeah. If uh, if the ref hadn't pulled out a red card, then I think he'd have sent himself off. <laughs> <laughs> it was always one of them. Is is walking already, wasn't it? It's, yeah. The most stonewall red yeah. you'll ever see. <laughs> well, you, have you seen ours from Tuesday night from the Mansfield player? Yes, have a look at that. That's ridiculous. Um, rest of the injury situation. A few at the weekend. Ryan Finnegan went off. Um, one of your important midfield players at the weekend. Oh, sorry, on Tuesday night. Is that does that kind of make you a little bit more defensive, or have you got someone to come in that's going to have that little bit more attacking threat for you? Yeah, Finnegan's been brilliant. So he's he he's on loan off um, Southampton. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think he's he's eighteen. Um, he's he's come in and pretty much right from the start, you saw that um, there's a serious player in there. Um, he gets the ball to his feet. Um, he gets his head up. Um, you know, he's not afraid to go round a man, um, but his range of passing's superb. He's really, really improved us um, since probably the end of January when he came in. Um, I think it was a precaution. I think they said it was a tight calf. So, you know, a bit of manipulation, a bit of massage, maybe he'll be all right to play, but um, he'd be a massive loss. It'll be, um, I imagine it'll be Connor Thomas who comes in for him, and he's a much more, yeah, as you say, he's a much more defensive player. Mm. Um, I mean, some of our fans would say he's a centre-half rather than a centre-midfielder. Um, you know, he's the complete opposite. He doesn't really pass forward. He doesn't really get his head up. Um, he's quite good at you know intercepting. He's quite good at um, getting in the way and, and and blocking opposition midfielders. But he doesn't offer a huge amount from a from a creative or an attacking sense. What can we expect from you in general tactically? Because we tend to st- uh, struggle a fair bit when teams come to six fields and set up shop and don't give us anything and are well organised and stuff. Is that the kind of thing we can expect from you? Or are you going to be a little bit adventurous? I kind of get the impression from Lee Bell's interviews that he wants us to be a little bit more progressive and a little bit more adventurous. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even though he was he was relatively happy with the way we defended against Stevenage on the whole, I kind of think he, it sounded like he was a little bit upset that we weren't a bit braver. Um that, that we didn't kind of back ourselves with the ball a bit more than we did. And we did actually play some decent stuff at times at, at Stevenage, but um, I think we we didn't we didn't create a huge amount. We didn't have a lot of chances. Um, so, you know, just, just going off that, you would say that the, the main, um, the main game plan was to be, was to be tight and, you know, not to get steamrolled. Um, and I kind of think the way you guys are playing at the moment, it'll be it'll be much of the same. So um, a, a, a huge amount actually does depend on whether Finnegan plays. If if Finnegan does play, and we we've got Taberner um, and a Wackway, Finnegan in midfield with Ainley just just in front as a ten, I, th- I think you know we we probably will try and be a bit more um, adventurous. If Connor Thomas is in, then um, you know we we won't really have the sort of ball players to. To do much, and I imagine that yeah, we probably will be looking to be you know solid and not not to let you uh, get the upper hand. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting game because I think we we gave so much to choose the Tuesday night against Mansfield that I just worry that we're gonna be a little bit knackered from it. But um, hopefully, a few days rest will be back on it again we've got so many injuries coming into it but we'll uh, see what happens but well, we'll come on to predictions now um, obviously it could depend on your injury situation as well but let's have a prediction from you for this one um, I looked at the, the two games the two away games Stevenage and Northampton at the start of this week after the Sulphur game and I, I kind of thought that Stevenage would be really really tough just you know, going away, Steve Evans. I, I, I had really, really low expectations in that game, and sure enough, we lost. But we were definitely in the game. We we competed, and you know, I think the manager was very, very. As I say, I think he was quite disappointed with not just um, the result, but 
I think he expected to get more out of the game, if that makes sense. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that you will be an easier test than Stevenage um, by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't expect you to be as awkward in terms of style of play. Um, look, I thought you were a very good team when we played you at, um, at our place. I think a draw was the least you deserved. Um, and I think it's going to be a very, very difficult game. Um, I, I do think we'll try and, and play a bit of football, especially if we've got Finnegan in the team. And whilst I think a home win is the, you know, being realistic, a home win is the most likely outcome. Wouldn't surprise me if we, if if we gave you a good game and if we nicked one. Um, if you if you want a score prediction, um, I'll. I think the most likely outcome is probably something like a two-one home win. Um. But you know, a, a ninth draw in eleven games or whatever it would be wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah. Um, hell, you know, I'll, let's go one or. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think we've we've got we're into the last ten games now. Hopefully, the fans are start, starting to get on board a bit now with us. I'm not really sure how it's going to go. It might depend on how you turn up and play, but. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for another cheeky one nil win. I think we're not gonna. We don't score much, but I'm gonna go one nil. Um, I think Charles has predicted eight nil, um, but um, I can't see that happening. Charles, come on. How is it? How, how bubbly is the pitch at the moment? Um, it's all right. It's looking good. Yeah, looking good. We'll see. <laughs> it's got to the end of the season. Can't be as bobbly as, as Salford's. So I'm glad Dave Artel wasn't your manager for that one. Or, or, or ours, actually. I think ours is probably <laughs> even worse than Salford's at the moment. <laughs> Nice one, uh, Tim. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, can you give your um, plug, your sorry, your plug. Give your work a quick plug, and where we can find you on social media. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Railwomen at Railwomen there on Twitter, and um, yeah, podcast out on Monday mornings if you want to uh, listen back after the game. Good stuff. Do you get to check that out? Thank you so much, Tim. That was a pleasure chatting. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back with all our thoughts on this one on Tuesday, and then we'll have a Doncaster fan on with us next week on the preview show. We'll see you then. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.